Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. My message today is entitled, Going Through to Destiny. Going Through to Destiny. Uh, If you have Bibles, you can open them up. If you don't, we're going to have them on the screens. But I want to pick up a story in Exodus chapter 14. Uh, Over the last couple of months, you know a passage of Scripture that you can read multiple times. If you're a Bible reader, you'll know this. You can read the same verse a hundred times and find fresh revelation in that verse. Well, I've been preparing for this series over the last couple of months. And as I've been preparing, I felt like God giving me revelation in a verse and passages of verses that I have read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But fresh revelation, you know, you read that scripture like, I swear this wasn't here when I read it last time. I feel like God's been doing that. And it's something I really feel is fresh for us now, fresh for us today, fresh for us this anointing Sunday in 2024. Fresh for me, fresh for you, fresh for your family, uh, fresh for your life and for what God is going to say to you. If you don't know the story of Exodus, I want to just pick you up on this story. It's the story of the children of Israel who have spent 430 years in captivity and slavery. They have uh, if, if, we, if we understand biblically, that is around 10 generations of people that have no longer lived as the children of Israel in the place of promise. They've only lived as the people that were slaves, the Israelite slaves to the Egyptians. There is nobody that remembers freedom. A whole generation of people that knew nothing but slavery, that knew nothing but hardship, knew nothing but challenge, knew nothing but difficulty, and now a man by the, Moses, by the name of Moses comes to the children of Israel and says to them, listen, it's time to go free. It's time to go back to the promise of God from 430 years ago. It's time to return to what God had actually ordained for you and I in our lives. Listen, I'm sure this was a challenging thing for people to hear. They didn't understand freedom. They didn't know what it meant to live in a place of freedom. They only knew bondage. They only knew challenge. And The story, if we read through the start of the book of Exodus, we see Moses comes, miracles happen, and finally, Pharaoh releases the children of Israel to head to the place of promise. If we go through in chapter 12 and 13, they begin to leave, and from that place of leaving, they get given food, they get given provisions, they get given gold, and they start to head back to what was a promise for them, all the way back to their father Abraham. They start to lead back to that place of promise. Seems like an incredible thing, a wonderful story, an amazing story of God's provision, God's blessing, God's miracles. But they begin to head to the place of the promised land. And the Bible tells us in in Exodus chapter 14 that as they head into the wilderness, they camp beside the sea. Now, I want to pick up the story here and begin to read through. And and I feel like as we read through this scripture, God's going to give us some revelation for our life where we're at today, and what God's wanting to do in this anointing Sunday and wanting to do over the next couple of weeks. Who's ready for that? Can we just pray? Holy Spirit of God, I thank you right now for the anointing that's in this house. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word speaks to us. It doesn't just speak of things happening thousands of years ago, but it speaks to us today. It speaks to my challenge, my issue, my problem. It speaks to my hardship and gives us picture for our future. God, I pray today we'd walk out of this place changed through your word, the great power of your word, as it speaks to our lives and speaks to who we are in Jesus' name. We pick up here in Exodus 14, the camp by the sea, and they're in a place 
that seemingly is a nice place. I don't know about yourself, but I love being camped by the sea. Uh, I remember when Wendy and I first got married, I loved fishing, surfing, spearfishing, all of those things. And when we went on a time away together, I would say to her, let's not go to the sea because all I think about is wanting to be in the sea. Let's go somewhere else where I can't think about that. I can think about you. And not that I'd ever be distracted by the ocean, but it's a thing. And I love being by the sea. These guys are camped by the sea, but something crazy happens. And if we pick it up uh, in, in uh, chapter 14, verse 10, it says, And when Pharaoh drew near, because Pharaoh now decides, listen, I, I don't want to just let the children of Israel go free. What am I doing? These are our slaves. I want them back and starts to chase after the children of Israel. And Pharaoh drew near the children of Israel. They lifted their eyes and the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, because there is no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to the wilderness to die? Uh, have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not what we told you in Egypt? Saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should go into the wilderness to die. You know, I thought it was very apt on the very first Sunday of 2024 to talk about this subject. Because let me just give you a parallel. They have just come out of slavery. They've come out of challenge. And they have just walked into a brand new season. Can you imagine them for a moment walking a week in freedom? They're camping by the river. They're just looking out going, this is amazing. This is cool. I'm in a place of freedom. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've never seen freedom before. But after a week, that same slavery chased them. Now, listen, this may not be any of you in the room. But we leave 2023 saying, I'm done with my slavery. I'm done with my challenge. I'm done with my heartache. I'm done with my pain. I'm leaving it in 2023. And I come to the first Sunday of 2024. And unfortunately, that same slavery is still chasing me. That same challenge is still after me. That same heartache is still here. The same pain is still there. That same difficulty is still there. The thing I thought I left behind is running after me just as hard as it was when I gave my New Year's resolution and I said, this is never going to happen again. No more drinking. No more smoking. No more eating those foods. All exercise and all that stuff just gone out of the window. And the same challenge is still chasing me. This, I thought, is so apt for today because it's such a picture of the reality of some of our lives. We get a week in and 2023, it's hard not to say because it's still here. Same challenges still chasing behind. But these guys, the same challenges there, they thought, thought they were in freedom and a week later, here it is chasing them again. Same slavery, same issue. And I want you to notice something. Their first response is to be afraid. Because they're triggered by the challenges of last year. They're triggered by the challenges of what they've already gone through. And their response is a response of brokenness and poverty. Their response is, oh, we should have just died there. We should have stayed slaves there. We should have stayed in that place. How dare you take us out when we should have stayed in that place? Listen, here's our great challenge a week into 2024. If our mindset hasn't changed, we go back to the same response. Poverty mindset. 
where money's a challenge, relationships are a challenge, brokenness is just as attached to us as it was a week ago, addiction just as is challenged, the, the failure mindset just as attached to us as it was a week ago in our life. We put down our resolutions, but the mindset stayed the same. Wrong thinking comes straight back. Listen, if we don't shut a door to an old year, that same thinking returns in the first challenge that we face because it's a subconscious thing. It's the mindset and the decision-making process that is built in our life that changing our calendar doesn't change. It's the anointing, as Yannick spoke about before, that breaks the yokes, it sets the captives free. But I want you to notice something. Their very first response, their very first response was the right one. It was to cry out to the Lord. It says there in verse 10, they were very, very afraid and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. Their first response was right, but their second response was the reality of what was actually in building their life. You know, something incredible about what God does. He uses the brokenness of our life, just the reality of what we walk through to just bring change and transformation to who we are. Dylan Burroughs said this, God doesn't remove us from all harm. He uses harm to move us closer to Him. Hey, hey, let me be really clear about something. God doesn't bring harm, but He always uses it. This is the truth that I know for my life and the reality of where I've walked and what I've had to face he doesn't bring harm, but He always uses it for our lives to bring us into a place of freedom. It's the great wonder of what God does as He comes and moves in our heart and moves in our life to push us back to Him, to push us back to His goodness, to push us back to destiny, push us back to the reality for our lives. Sandu Sunder Singh said this, One day after a long journey, I rested in front of a house. Suddenly a sparrow came towards me, blown helplessly by a strong wind. From another direction, an eagle dived to catch the panicky sparrow. Threatened from different directions, the sparrow, sparrow flew into my lap. By choice, it would never normally do that. However, the little bird was seeking for refuge from a great danger. Likewise, the violent winds of suffering and trouble blow us into Lord's protective hands. Listen, these, these children of Israel... They've come out of their brokenness. The brokenness is still in them. And the brokenness has chased them. But it's chased them first and foremost back into the miracle hand of God. Back into the place where God can do such wonderful works in their life. Listen, of course they're afraid. We're going to understand. Of course we have moments of fear. You're a believer in the house. You're a person of faith. There will always be moments of fear. Sometimes we, we're better at hiding fear than others. You know, some of us in the room, we, we feel like oh, I'm, I'm never afraid. We, we're always, all of us have moments of fear. Fear doesn't take away from the fact that faith is activated in that place of fear. We all go through fears. Listen, I, I dive with sharks quite a lot and I don't have necessarily a lot of fear of sharks. I was diving with Andrew Jones during the week and... and I, I was in the water and I asked him to throw me a gun. He threw me a gun and I went to turn around to load my gun and there was a tiger shark like two meters from my feet. I hadn't seen it when I looked up, when I put my head back in the water. Listen, I'm not a squealer, but I did actually squeal. I was like, wow, like didn't expect that to happen. There are moments of fear that happen through 
goes, ah, I didn't expect that to go on. Ah, I didn't expect that situation to arise. Ah, I didn't expect that thing to be chasing me again. But does fear lead us back to faith? Does it lead us back to a place of saying, God, I'm leaning further into you, further into your grace, further into your mercy, further into what you can do to me? We need fear sometimes to stir us back to that place. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, one of my favorite life verses. So he answered and said to me, This word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Listen, listen. If you've never had fear, you don't need this verse. If your life's been perfect, been calm and amazing, you've never had to deal with a challenge, you don't need the power of God. You don't need the miracle power that He does in our lives. You don't need His might. But if you're like me and you've needed some miracles, you've had some scare moments, some jump scare situations in your world, you've had a few shrieks when you didn't see that coming, you need this verse. You need His might and power to move in your life. You need His Spirit to be at work in who you are. On this anointing Sunday, I trust you come here saying, God, I need your anointing for 2024. Yes, I can still see Pharaoh chasing me. I can still see the chariots after me. And I need some anointing. I need some fresh power of God. I need some fresh power of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, we all have those moments. We've all had moments where we stop. We're moving. And we just need God. We need His strength in our lives. Because the reality is this, and I was chatting this week with somebody about the reality of this, this challenge is, If the church doesn't need the Spirit of God, the church always gets lazy. It's moments of challenge that the church is at its best. It's moments of challenge where the church leans into God, draws on the anointing, draws on the Spirit of God, draws on the presence of God, that we're most alive, we're most on fire, we're most moving in the goodness of God and seeing Him do great things in our lives. You know, a number of years ago, there was a big flood up in, in central Queensland. And there's a lake up there called Lake Awonga. And prior to that flood, that lake was filled with huge barramundi. Uh, if you like to eat fish in the room, you would know barramundi is a really tasty fish. But in that lake, there was thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of massive barramundi. And everyone that caught a barramundi in that lake would release it. Because if you caught a barramundi and you fill it with that barramundi, the flesh comes out grey, greasy and smelly. And it tastes just so terrible. It tastes just like eating rotten fat. It was disgusting. So no one would eat them. Those barramundi live in that lake. There's no current. There's no predators. They're the top predators. All they do is sit there and eat. All day. Those barramundi grew really big, really fast. There were some of the biggest barramundi on the whole Queensland coast living in that lake. But in, in 2012, the, the lake had filled up in 2011. In 2012, it flooded and 100,000 barramundi washed out of that lake. Huge amounts of them. I went diving in, in the river at the bottom of that lake. It's called the Boyne River. I dove there in the middle of 2012. And I can tell you, when you dove down, you just run into thousands of big barramundi now it was so cool it was so awesome you shoot those barramundi but listen four months after they washed out of that lake when you fill it with them it was half gray and half pink 
if you shot one of those barramundi two years later, it was all beautiful, pink, sweet flesh. What was the difference? In that lake, they sat there and they ate. They had no predators. They had nothing. They get out in that river. They got to swim against the current. They're getting chased by sharks. They're getting chased by crocodiles. It's just a challenging place and tough environment. And, and the fat worked out of them. And they had to build muscle and strength. And listen, the children of God, we are just like this. When we're not walking through a challenge, we're there. Like our prayer life, like, oh, God, you're so cool. Thank you so much for blessing me. Everyone else is terrible, but you bless me. I'm the blessed one of all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But when we're being chased, Jesus, I need you right now. I need you right now. When things come good, oh, thank you, brother God, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we forget the power of God that we need in our lives. Church doesn't grow good fat. We don't go good lazy. We go good when we're pressing into God. Children of Israel camped by the sea, got all their gold, got all their food. Things are looking great. But they forgot they needed straight away to say, God, I need your anointing because something needs to shift in my spirit because change doesn't come sitting by the sea. Change comes when we have a reality that God, we're going to go through some things to see our lives transformed. We read on in chapter 13. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he has accomplished for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Listen, there's two really cool things right here. In the middle of that passage, he says this, you shall see the Egyptians no more. Listen, this is really important for the children of Israel. They'd only known slavery. A week out, slavery was their mindset. Slavery was their thinking. The, the ability to walk back into slavery was easy for them because it was just so ingrained in who they were. The, the removal of the Egyptians was essentially what they needed. They needed there be a place where no more could they come after them. And God says right here, listen, listen, see what I'm going to do. You will never see them again. They will never chase you again. They will never come after you again. Listen, you might be here right now and the addictions of 2023 are with you. I want to speak to you today. There is anointing in this room for freedom. There's anointing to say, God, I need change. Maybe your marriage is still the same as 2023. God, I need change in my marriage. Maybe you're challenging your thinking. Maybe the challenge in your believing. Maybe the heartache. Maybe the hurt. Maybe the pain. God, I need freedom from those things. We come to this year, we come to this moment, that you will stop and say, God, I need your anointing. Second thing I want you to notice is three things get said here. God says to Moses, get the people to stand still. He goes on and says that they would hold their peace. And thirdly, listen, he says, now go forward. If you read this, stand still, go forward. You would think God is a teenage girl. Forgive me every teenage girl in the room. But the last few years of having daughters in my life have told me there's something about teenage girls and changing their mind that is incredible and so weird that I cannot comprehend it. In fact, I've read books to try to comprehend it. 
God's not that. And, and listen, I want to be really clear. This in no way is a contradiction. This is a life lesson. And a lesson that all of us need to grasp and comprehend. They're there. The, 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 the Egyptians are coming after them with chariots and, and mighty warriors. They're, they're scared, understandably. They're scared about the situation. They're freaked out. So God says, be still. Where, where's the stillness? The stillness isn't in the legs. The stillness is in the heart. He said, be still and have peace. Listen, we're going to understand this. When we walk through life, when we walk through challenges, we're going to have stillness of heart and moving legs. We're going to have stillness of heart and action in our lives. We're going to have stillness of heart, but be continually walking into the destiny and the promises and the life that's in Christ with a still heart. Here God says, be still. Let peace come to you and move. Move into your future. Move into your destiny. Don't carry with you an anxious heart. Don't carry with you a heart that's going everywhere. It's going crazy. It says, stand still inside. Let your heart be stilled in place of the blessing and the promises of God. Here on this anointing Sunday, still your heart for a moment so that God can speak into your situation. God can speak into your hurt, your loss, your disappointment, your heartache. He can speak into it. Verse 16, says to Moses, God says to Moses, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go onto dry ground in the midst of the sea, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow me. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen says, now go and lift up your sword, so that, lift up your, your rod so that they can go through. Lift up your rod so that they can go through. They can move through. Moving through is what takes us into our future. Pastor Mark, our senior pastor, says this, greatness is always on the other side of inconvenience. And it's such a true statement. Greatness is always on the other side of the hurt right now. Greatness is always on the other side of our heartache right now. Greatness is always on the other side of the situation we're facing right now. Greatness is always on the other side of dealing with those marriage issues that are hurting right now. Greatness is always on the other side of going through the area of our finance into the place of blessing, not by might, not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why we need Zechariah, because we're going through something that seems impossible. Listen, going through a big sea is impossible for a million people without a miracle. Without a miracle. Here's our biggest challenge. Sometimes we get to the edge of the sea, the challenge is coming, and we're trying to find a boat. We're trying to build a, a, a yacht. You know, went diving uh, this week, and as I was about to launch the boat, I put the boat in the water, and I noticed there was a car parked on the boat ramp with its trailer, and I also noticed that the water was halfway up the wheels of the car. The tide was coming in, so I started thinking, maybe that boat, the, the car and trailer had been there for quite a while, because the water's coming up, and there were some guys sort of standing beside, so I just figured it was theirs, put the boat in, parked the car, I was walking back down to the boat, and the guys that were standing next to the boat said, is that your car? I'm like, no, it's not my car. I've just assumed it was your car. 
were the only two people at the boat ramp. And the guy said, hey, listen, as we're coming back in, we saw some guys driving out in a hire boat. And I wonder if it's their car that they went fishing and forgot to park the car. And they left it at the boat ramp. And we were laughing. I took a, a video of that with Andrew. We were laughing about it. And I see this hire boat driving back into the marina. So I just thought I'll take a little bit of time. I don't usually do that. I just want to ask the guy, is that your car? He's like, oh, my car. I'm sorry. I just drove off and forgot about the car. He got so excited about going fishing, trying to find a way to do it. He's got his hire boat. Yeah, he's not, not a boat person, obviously. Listen, sometimes we're trying to find a way when we should be looking for the way. We're trying to find our way when we should be looking for the way. We're trying to do our stuff. God speaks and says, hey, I've got a miracle right now for all of you. I've got a miracle. Somebody needs a miracle in this room today. In this anointing Sunday, when somebody lays hands on you, listen, it's not about the person. It's not about the oil. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. As Yannick said so well, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Verse 19, And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to one, and it gave light on the night to the other, that the one did not come near the other all night. You know, this is a powerful part of the story that God just gave me such light on this week. As I was praying on this verse, I was praying on this passage of Scripture, I saw the reality that the children of Israel were scared and understandably scared at the moment. But their fear should have been alleviated straight away with the reality that God came from in front of them to behind them and stood between them from the start, between them and the Egyptians. And the Egyptians couldn't get to them anyway. You know, when we get to challenges, when we get to hardships, when we get to promise, uh, the problems, we, we so quickly forget promises. We so quickly forget that God's involved in this. We so quickly forget in the middle of our situations that God is here all along and He's standing between me and my problem. You know, we're so quick to tell everyone else about our problems. We're so quick to try and find solutions. Instead of just stopping and saying, God, you were here all along. You were here when I cried. You were here when my heart ached. You were here when failure seemed so certain. You were here when my business was just on the rocks. You were here when my marriage was on the rocks. You were there between us the whole way of this journey. The psalmist writes in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadows of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Listen, even when we are throwing a tantrum like a little kid, he's still there between us and our problem. Even when we're pouting like a teenager, God is still there between us and our problem. Even when we're chucking an absolute crazy fest like an adult, he's still there between us and our problem. This story is so profound because the children of Israel, they didn't see the cloud. They saw the chariots, they saw the Egyptians, but the cloud was there. And the Egyptians couldn't see them. 
Because the problem was separated through the power of God. Listen, this is the beauty of what happens as we come to this moment in our lives and just say, God, you're here the whole time. Yes, I'm in a challenge. Yes, I've got a jump scare. Yes, I'm freaked out for a moment. But you're there. You're there. You're there. I hold on to you. Verse 21, and Moses stretched out his hand. He lifted up his staff over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. This story is incredible because God says lift up a staff. Now, what's the importance of a stick? You've got to go back a long way in this story to see the importance of a stick. Listen, a stick by itself is nothing. Unless your dad's chasing you with it to give you a hiding. Then it's something. A stick by itself is nothing. But a stick, when God breathed on something, is powerful. If we go back to the beginning of Exodus, God comes to Moses, this guy who started and was challenged and had all these issues and run away from his destiny. God comes to him and says, hey, 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 I've got something for you right now. And he's like, oh, God, I can't do this. I can't speak properly. I can't do that. What if I go to them and they don't believe me? He says, what's in your hand? He makes him, I ask the question, what is in your hand? And he says, I've got a stick. God says, throw the stick on the ground. It turns into a serpent. And the story tells us he runs from his own stick. He runs from the miracle of God again. Listen, Moses isn't all that. Moses is me and you in the reality of our lives. But God's anointed something that's in his hand. And all the way through, God uses the miracle that was already in his hand. He uses that stick to, to set the people free. He uses that stick in this moment to lift it across the sea. And the sea parts, what was in his hand was God's miracle there all along. He needed to just see where God was going to breathe on him. And listen, we're so often looking for God to do a big something or other. God, when I win lotto, oh. I'm sowing into the kingdom of God then. God, when this big breakthrough happens to my business, the multinational comes. What's in your hand? Young people today, teenagers in the room, young men, young women, you sit here without a realization that God's put something in your hand to bring destiny and life to people around you. He's already put something there in you, something powerful in your life, your story, your challenges, your issues. Oh, all of us in this room, there's something there that God has put. Listen, it's His power that breathes on what's in our hand. It's not the only place we see it in the Bible. He took five loaves and two fish. He took a jar of oil and caused blessing to happen for, for, for a long period of time. He took just a bit of flour to make some bread that the blessing would go all the way through the challenges of this person's life. He takes what's in our hand. We sit in this room. Looking for a miracle out there. Listen, the miracle is the fact that God breathes on what's in our hands, what He's already put on the inside of us. Yes, it's the breath of God. Moses by himself, he's thrown that stick on the ground many times, I reckon, and it never turned into a snake. But when God breathed on what's in His hand, the miracle comes. And the end of the miracle comes in verse 26 and 27. The Lord said to Moses, we know the children of Israel walk through on dry land, and they come out the other side, and Pharaoh and his army chases them. 
And the Lord says to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots, on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the, sun, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. You know, God does something incredible here. He opens a door for them to walk into their destiny. They needed to get to the other side of the sea. It took a miracle. It took the blessing of God. It took a man to lift up what he had in his hand. It took somebody to believe that God could do something great through them, no doubt. They walked through the open door that led to their destiny. It led to the future. It led to the promised land. It was a miracle of God. It was a wonderful thing. But the greatest miracle was this. God also closed the door. Listen, we sometimes try to get across the sea ourselves, but we do something stupider. When we walk into blessing, sometimes we try to get back through the closed door of our lives. We try and make our way back. When God's got a miracle already, God's got blessing already, we're trying to make our way back. We try to get there. We're higher on the boat to get our way home, to get our way back through the challenges. For some of us today, in this anointing Sunday, we need to leave some doors closed. Close doors to freedom from past generations. Close doors to freedom from slavery, the bondage of sin that is challenged around our lives continually. Some of us, we need to leave the door closed, the removal of the issues that chased after us all through the last couple of years. Some of us need to leave the door closed the removal of the mess that has gone around our marriage, gone around our life, gone around our hearts. Need the doors closed, stopping to return to bad attitudes, bad thinking, wrong belief systems. Say, God, I want to go through to destiny. Woodrow Kroll said this, when God closes the door, he always opens a window. Listen, sometimes we need to leave the door closed and walk through the window of blessing that God has for there in our lives and our future. Yes, they're drowning. There's mess, brokenness there. Children of Israel had to leave the chariots, leave the Egyptians and walk on into their future. There was still fear ahead, no doubt. Next couple of weeks, we're going to talk those through. There's still challenges that lay ahead, no doubt. Still things there to deal with and walk through. There's no doubt about that. But they had to stop there in that moment. Close the door. Who needs to close some doors in 2023? When somebody's laying hands on you today, praying, anointing you with oil, leave a door closed. A door closed to addictions and challenges and issues, things that have chased you. Trust God for tomorrow. Trust God for what He's put in your hand. Trust God for His great blessing. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, Jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.